At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. The Love Food Podcast is brought to you in partnership with my PCOS and Food Peace course. Finally, free yourself from endless PCOS fatigue, frustration, shame, and guilt. For PCOS sufferers who are tired of ineffective diets and unhelpful advice, join me on a PCOS and food peace journey that will change your life forever. Grab all the details at PCOSandfoodpeace.com. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. Hi and welcome to episode 230 of a Love Food Podcast. I'm Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. And this episode marks the last of four episodes devoted to the nuance of intuitive eating. And today's question is, do only thin people get to have unconditional permission to eat? Is it just for thin people? Or what about the rest of the world? This is a really important part of the intuitive eating process because I know a lot of people are promised um, that doing intuitive eating work will promote weight loss. Maybe it's not explicitly said, and sometimes it is. Um, And so when people gain weight or don't lose weight or whatever, often find that they are feeling like they're doing it wrong or they failed it or they're not successful. That is just not the case. I hope you know that intuitive eating or moving away from diets, moving along your food peace journey, that is for every body, everybody, including yours. So this is the last in the series on intuitive eating nuance, and it's the last planned episode for 2020. I still am thinking about doing some bonus episodes And I'm also trying to decide if I have the spoons to record them. So pay attention to your feed. Subscribe if you want to make sure you catch them. Because again, I'm trying to still decide if I can do them. Kind of just depends. And that's how 2020 has been going, I know, for many people, probably yourself included, uh, not really knowing how much we can really plan. So I'm going to just go ahead and just be okay with them. Maybe I may have some bonus episodes for you the rest of 2020, but I will be back in 2021 talking about your relationship with food, the complicated, the dark corners of it. And I look forward to connecting with you then. All right. So we need to get to this episode's letter, but before we get to this episode's letter, a word from our sponsor.
This episode of A Love Food Podcast is brought to you by Jennifer McGurk's Pursuing Private Practice Resources for Dietitians Who Are Anti-Diet. If you're a dietitian, and I know there are many dietitians listening who have their own complicated relationship with food or help people with a complicated relationship with food, but if you are one of those dietitians and you are thinking about starting your own business because you just don't want to have to work under the confines of the weight-centric health system that you're working for, or maybe you're in a place of growing your private practice— I want you to know about Jennifer McGurk's resources because they are going to be a lifeline and a catalyst to business growth for you in a way that helps you to connect with the clients that are wanting your services without having to do all that crazy sleazy shit that all the other things that we get from business school. I've been within Jennifer McGurk's Pursuing Private Practice programs for years, and I highly recommend them. She's helped make business skills less scary and accessible. She also is a wealth of information and appreciates that she's not always the best one and will connect you with the resources that you need. Community is everything within pursuing private practice. You'll find the the community to be collaborative, and I know you'll get so much out of it. Jennifer has put together some free resources for Love Food listeners. Head on over to pursuingprivatepractice.com slash lovefood, and you can get right to them. Whenever I've been overwhelmed with business stuff, Jennifer always reminds me, take it one day at a time, Julie, just like eating disorder recovery and really just like being a human. So go on over to pursuingprivatepractice.com slash lovefood for some resources for you right now. Hey there, Love Food listener. I have a new spot on my podcast where I like to share podcasts that are up and coming that are by people who are normally underrepresented. I think it's really important for us to be able to diversify our podcast feed. And so if you are someone that has a podcast and you represent a voice that is not always lifted up, maybe you live in a black body or a queer body, a disabled body, a fat body, or maybe a a few of those combined, I would love to be able to support your podcast. Podcasts that are selected will be given 30 to 60 seconds in this spot that I'm using right now to tell you about it, and um, will be over a month. So you'll get four episodes and a 30 to 60 second ad spot. If you have a show or know one that I should be sharing on this podcast, shoot me an email at lovefoodpodcast at gmail.com. And just note, only fat positive, anti-racist um, podcasts are going to be accepted. So I look forward to hearing about your podcast or the one you want to share. All right, enough of all that. Let's get to this episode's letter. Dear Food, I've been trying to make things right with you for a while now. I've been exploring intuitive eating for the last year, and we've had some successful moments together. Remember when I wasn't able to keep ice cream in the house? Now I have multiple containers, which I eat when I'm in the mood and don't think about when I'm not. That's something I'm really proud of. I still make mistakes when it comes to our relationship. I know there are times I eat past fullness, and there are times I eat when I'm not hungry. I'm trying to be as compassionate as I can with myself, but then I see myself in the mirror. I threw away my scale in October, and I haven't been on one since but it's pretty obvious I've gained weight. Most of my old clothes don't fit, 
and getting ready for work and social events is fraught with anxiety. I have bought things in new sizes, but I cannot shake the awful feelings that almost always paralyze me when I see myself. I was not somebody who needed to be weight restored. What I feared would happen, happened. I gained weight. I always thought that if I binge less and practice intuitive eating, that I would somehow magically become thin. That didn't happen for me. I know I can't go back to dieting, but I also... At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Can't seem to accept myself this way. I know about body positivity, health at every size, and fat acceptance, but I can't seem to get there. Forget about body love. I'd be happy with body neutrality. It seems impossible for me to love my body at this weight when I know I look better, thinner. I don't know what to do about us food. I will not diet again, but I second guess my choices a lot. Even when I hear experts talk about intuitive eating, they always say things like, don't worry, you won't always want to eat Oreos or pizza as if those foods truly are bad. I want to give myself freedom to eat whatever I want, but in exchange, I hate how I look. Where do we go from here, food? Love, feeling like a failure. Hey there, letter writer. Thanks for your note. And I think the part of your food peace journey that you're on right now is discovering that how we understand so many parts of how we relate to food and bodies and just life in general needs a new way to be understood, to be defined, if it's to be defined at all. What I mean is some of the words in your note, are um, I'm hearing them as black and white, you know, doing this right, make it right. I'm a success or I'm making mistakes. Those kinds of words are really normal. I mean, that's just how we think about applying a new lesson or theory or something like that, you know, doing it correctly or incorrectly, successful or not not successful. That's a really normal thing. And I think it's how our world likes to to just name processes. But recovering from diet culture, healing your relationship with food, it is so annoyingly gray. (laughs) It has so much nuance. And that's why I wanted to spend four episodes on the nuance of intuitive eating. Because however you are traveling your food peace journey, whatever tool you're using, it may be mindful eating, it may be intuitive eating, it may be any of those tools. Something we need to keep in mind is that they are kind of being wedged in in and understood in a brain that really can't appreciate all this gray and nuance. 
It doesn't seem to fit, but that doesn't mean we don't try. And that's where I see you at at this point, letter writer, and anyone who can relate with those statements of, I just want to do it right. Um, I see that I'm being successful, but I'm still making mistakes. If you hear that kind of language in your brain, if you hear those messages, I really am rooting for you. And I encourage you to try to redefine how you are adapting to this new way of eating. Try really hard to get used to noticing the moment. And you said, you know, you're you're really reaching for a lot of compassion. Continue to do so. Continue to do that. And know that there's no wrong way. There's no wrong way to do this because we are constantly living in a world that tells us that thin white bodies are the best. And they're telling us in a way that's so sneaky, they're not, for the most part, saying it out loud so clearly. It's just understood. And pointing it out makes people really uncomfortable. So as you're moving through this, I encourage you to be really gentle and compassionate with yourself and notice when you use that kind of black and white language. I think it's going to be something that will help you to feel yourself moving forward more. You won't feel as stuck in this space of, I can't tolerate this spot anymore. I appreciate that most people, when they find intuitive eating, there's an assumption or maybe even an outright direction that using a tool like intuitive eating to help binge less is going to make most people lose weight. I hear that all the time. And I know in the beginning, that's what I used to tell people too. And here's the, here's the truth. We don't know what's going to happen to your body or to anyone listening who is healing your relationship with food and moving away from diet culture. We have no way of predicting it. You may lose weight. You may gain weight or you may say the same, or you may do all three. (laughs) Honestly, there is no way to predict it. And if you're gaining weight, whether you think you needed to be weight restored or not, it doesn't mean you're not doing it right. And for those of you who don't know that phrase, weight restored, that's a term that a lot of people use in the eating disorder world to talk about people who have been restricting. And um, as they're recovering from that restriction, there's an expectation that their body weight's going to go up. But unfortunately, the way that's evolved in our fat phobic world is that only thin people need to be weight restored, not people at higher weights, not fat bodies. And that's not true. I have no idea, letter writer, what your body wants to weigh. And I don't know what it needs and how it's going to express its like recovery process. There are many people, as they're moving toward recovery, gain weight. And it's a good thing. It's like how their body is recovering. Um, And you deserve that. You deserve unconditional permission to eat just like thin people. You deserve recovery. You deserve a relationship with food that doesn't feel like anxious and taxing and like so um, a heavy part of your brain, you deserve to feel more at ease with food. 
And that only happens physiologically when a person's body has gone through weight restoration. And for some people, it's way more than they think they should, or their doctor says they should. And it just changes all the time. Again, there's just no way to predict it. And so I encourage you to really work on moving the weight part out of the, off the table. Just, it's not even a measure of progress in any way, shape or form. And I don't say that to minimize the reaction in society to weight gain. I'm, I want to talk about that in a second, but for you individually and your own recovery and your brain and how you're reacting to your process, just know that your weight going up, it's because your body needed it to. It's recovering. And that's a sign that your body is healing. So what do you do? What do you do if you're like the letter writer? What if you can relate to, well, as I'm recovering from diet culture, I've gained a whole hell of a lot of weight and I do not like it. I will not accept it. What do you do? First and foremost, I need to name that I don't have your lived experience. I live within privilege and I've never lived in a larger body. So I can't even act like I understand. I really want to understand it, but I also appreciate that I can't. Um, What I'm going to relate to you next is what people have told me over the last 20 years that's helped them along this part of their food peace journey. And no matter what tool you're using, again, whether it's intuitive eating, mindful eating, or maybe another book you've read, if you're using that to help your food peace journey, I think it's really important to consider some next steps. And I I like to all think about the start of a person's food peace journey. It starts with body respect. You know, I know a lot of people are wanting to love their body and to feel at ease in their body. And that's not something that is attainable for many people because of the way the world just treats different bodies. So I do like to think though, at first, body respect is a really wonderful space to start and come back to. Letter writer, you mentioned, even though this is really hard, like learning to be in your body in the moment is really hard. You mentioned you can't go back to diets. And what I hear there is that you really can take in all the data that you read in literature and hear from experts in this field and also your own data. Like you've done enough diets to know that they're going to lead you to nowhere that you want to go except for maybe accessing privileges. And that's just not enough. That's a big part of body respect. Body respect is acknowledging that You have enough information now to know that diets aren't going to work for you. And sometimes we need to go back to that, revisit our own diet history, revisit some books or articles or podcasts that help remind us that, yeah, rejecting diets is really important for me to do in order to live my life to the fullest or to live life on my own terms. And where I see a lot of people going after that is something that I call release, the second step. So at first it's respect and then it's release. And I wonder if you've been there in that space yet, letter writer. Release to me is the space where people are 
fucking pissed. (laughs) I hope you don't mind that F-bomb, but it's really, really important there. It's just so mad about how the body is so vilified when it's just living and eating in a way that is health-promoting for people, um, that people don't have the space to just take up the space that their body's going to take up, how that's just not okay, how some bodies are um, put on a pedestal and others are rejected, how that just is not fair, it's not okay, it's not right, it's not just. And Connecting to all of the things that you did to your body because you were told to, all these tools that were never going to work, it's a lot to be angry about. And I think it's a really important step. But I also appreciate those of us who are socialized as girls and women, we are not told it's okay to be angry. You know, we're told we're not supposed to be angry, that that's just too much. But I would encourage you to connect with that. Let yourself release that anger. Because when I read your letter, I heard you blaming yourself. Um, I heard you turning it in and, you know, kind of getting to that anger, but then saying, oh, I'm doing it wrong. I just can't accept this. I can't accept this world. This world is not okay and how it treats bodies, including yours. I accept you, but I will not accept this world's way of treating you. And I encourage you to play around with that. And while you're doing that, it kind of bridges over to the next kind of step on the food peace journey that I see a lot of people naming. And it's rallying, rallying together with other people who are also pissed off, (laughs) other people who are experiencing the same kind of marginalization or maybe a different kind, or for people also who are pissed off that are allies. There's a lot of us who are connecting and rallying together to help to change the way the world views bodies. So for you, letter writer, I encourage you to connect with that anger and connect with others who are also angry, that are naming diet culture, naming white body supremacy. Those are really important parts. And I wonder what it would be like to let yourself stay in those spaces And I will put some things in the show notes for you to help you have access to that. There's, in in particular with PCOS, we have a PCOS body liberation community that helps people come together to find non-diet support and not symptom shame, but connect in community with other people with PCOS. Um, That's just one example. But I know there's a lot of other ones in similar spaces that are coming because we need them. You don't need to be fixed, letter writer. And listener, you don't need to be fixed either. We need to fix the world. We got a lot to do. All right, so I see food is written back. But before we get to food's letter, this episode of a Love Food Podcast was brought to you by Jennifer McGurk's Pursuing Private Practice Programs for Anti-Diet Dietitians. Check out the freebies she has just for Love Food listeners over at pursuingprivatepractice.com slash lovefood. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you left a rating, a review, subscribed, or shared an episode. Doing any of these acts of kindness helps the show grow and helps more people find the show when they're searching it on Apple Podcasts. So thank you in advance. All right. So like I said, food has written back, but until next time, 
Take care. Dear Feeling Like a Failure, This is a tough spot for us to be in. You and I have been guided into a right way or a wrong way. What if we've been misguided? Healing isn't linear and it's messy. You're not a failure and you're not doing it wrong. The world needs to be fixed, not you. Continue to connect with your lived experience with diets. That's your important data. When feeling open to it, connect with the anger beneath the surface and rally together with others doing the same. Together, we can fix what is really wrong, but we need your voice loud and clear. Love food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care.